Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Welcome to New Idea Royals, the only podcast that takes us behind the scenes of Palace Life. I'm Rebecca Hyde, and here today is Royal Commentator and expert Angela Mollard. Hi Ange, great to have you here. Hello, how are you going? Yeah, good, thank you. So today we're looking into one of the most controversial royals of all time, Princess Margaret. So Ange, the Queen and sister Princess Margaret were very close when they were children, but relations soured when the younger sister fell in love with someone inappropriate. Can you talk us through it? Look, they did. They were incredibly close as sisters when they were younger. Of course, they learned in the early years that they were the heirs to the throne after their uncle abdicated to have his relationship with uh, Wallace Simpson. Their father became King Albert was his name. He became obviously King George. And then they were heirs to the throne. Elizabeth was found out that she was she was to take over from her father, who was very ill and died relatively young. And of course, Margaret was uh, second after her. They were closest sisters. They had governesses. There's been lots of books about the fact that they were, were lovely, happy sisters. But things became very difficult when Margaret began a relationship with a member of the royal household, uh, Group Captain Peter Townsend. He was a married man. He had two children. He was uh, 15 years older than her, um, 15, 16 years actually, her senior. They fell in love. Um, if anyone who's seen The Crown will have seen that that relationship chronicled inappropriate because at that stage you could, you could not marry a divorcee when you were in the royal family, particularly when you uh, had that succession to the throne. Very difficult time for all of them. The Queen was very young. She had uh, recently been, uh, been gone through her coronation. She was married to Prince Philip and she had this sister who had fallen in love with somebody deeply in a, inappropriate. Apparently it was the most extraordinary love affair. The, the two of them were incredibly well matched. Margaret was very happy. She was a young woman. Um, there's been a lot of speculation of what her life might have been like had she been able to marry Peter Townsend. And unfortunately, the Queen intervened and that marriage didn't occur. And in 1955, Margaret made an unprecedented announcement. What did she say? Well, she did. So what had happened is that the Prime and this only became... Uh, uh, no one information later, the Queen had actually sat down with the then Prime Minister and worked out a way that Margaret could actually marry Peter, but it would mean that she would have to renounce her and her children's succession to the throne. Um, three days after this uh, document was, was written, as, as according to royal files, Margaret came out with a statement and she said, I'd like it to be known that I have decided not to marry Group Captain Peter Townsend. I have been aware that, subjected to my renouncing my rights of succession, it might have been possible for me to contact contract a civil marriage. But mindful of the church's teaching that Christian marriage is, I can never say this word, indissoluble, (laughs) and conscious of my duty to the Commonwealth, I have resolved to put these considerations before any others. What that in essence says is, I don't want to give up the tiaras 
for marriage. Yeah. Um, and and Peter Townsend would later say that, that even though they were deeply in love, it was a lot for her to relinquish her title, her uh, succession, the privileges, the, yeah, the, the status that comes from being a member of the royal family. But clearly it set the direction for her later life and it was a life that you know was characterised by quite a lot of sadness and, and discontent really in relationships. And it must have been such a horribly painful decision for the Queen to obstruct the marriage. Well, it must have been awful. Uh, yeah. You had a, uh, these two sisters who's, who loved each other. The Queen obviously had ma- met her own husband, Prince Philip. It had been a love affair from the beginning. They had had a little bit of freedom uh, living in Malta where uh, Philip's work had taken him for a couple of years before uh, she was made Queen. Um, so they had had happiness, that had fulfilment. Yeah. And yet Margaret uh, was ne- was to be denied this, you know, the one the one man she absolutely loved. Uh, Very difficult for the Queen, and the Queen had to make that decision. And as we've known from the Queen throughout her life, it has always been duty first. And this was one of those occasions where she had to make that call. Obviously, we know she got around that with the uh, agreement with the Prime Minister, but really it was a no decision at all. She couldn't have chosen to have have stepped out of the royal family. She had also seen, if you remember, what had happened to Edward her, her uncle and Mrs. Course, Simpson, yeah. they'd been banished to France. Um, they were sort of persona non grata within the royal family. She had uh, a textbook example to follow of what her life might be like. Uh, and, you know, that whatever you say about the monarchy, they are close-knit and being part of something. How do you become part of something else when you're already such an establishment and such a traditional and hierarchical family? And do you think it changed the relationship between the sisters? Apparently it did for a few years. What happened was that um, Margaret was very bitter. Uh, she apparently she talked to the Queen about the fact that Prince Philip was having affairs. If you think about it, someone in the Queen's position doesn't have a lot of people alongside her. So she really needed her sister. And yet for a few years there, the Queen, uh, Margaret was very much wanting to punish the Queen. And there was some retribution for, for having denied her happiness in her relationships. She seemed to want to deny the Queen some happiness. There was a lot of speculation, never ever confirmed that Philip had uh, affairs during those early years. And Margaret certainly stoked those flames by discussing them with the Queen, telling her of things that she heard. Now, in a normal sister relationship, you would want to protect your sister from that pain. But for a few years there, they were incredibly, um, you know, they were very difficult years for the two of them. In the end, Margaret, she moved away from blaming Elizabeth for the situation over Peter Townsend and actually started blaming her mother, the Queen Mother, over it. So there was a sort of softening of relationships between her and the Queen. And then obviously, as the decades uh, moved on, they regained that closeness. And Margaret went on to form a new relationship, but it was no plain sailing either, was it, Ange? Oh, she was bad at picking them back. She was hopeless. So the next one, she was uh, her, her husband was... Uh, Lord Snowden, Anthony Armstrong Jones. He was a photographer. He was uh, part of the London set. He was very sociable. He slept around, men, women, threesomes, the whole lot. But Margaret absolutely adored him. They they got married. They had a you know they had a, a, an amazing life. But you know he wasn't someone that was really settled down. He was uh, he, you know apparently Prince Philip didn't get on particularly well with him. But, you know, they had a very loose lifestyle. They uh, Lots of celebrity friends. Uh, but, you know, he was unfaithful to her and then she would later go on and uh, allegedly be unfaithful to him. 
Poor Margaret. And tell us about Margaret's life during those years. Oh, so there's, it's been well chronicled. She'd get up in the morning late. She'd lie in bed reading the newspapers and listening to the radio. Apparently she was messy as all get out. Everything was just left all over the floor. <laughs> Every outfit that she wore was just dumped on a, a on a chair, trampled upon. She was a chain smoker, so there was sort of ashtrays overflowing with cigarettes. And I loved this habit of hers. About sort of she'd be run a bath around eleven. She'd have her bath. She'd get dressed for the day and she'd head downstairs for lunch. But before she had lunch, she always had a vodka and tonic um, before lunch at twelve thirty. <laughs> Sounds um, great. Then sit down to a four course lunch, and I think then she sort of got on with got on with her day. Um, look, it was I think it was a life without purpose in in many respects. It was about her life was characterised by her family and who she was married to rather than anything that she uniquely did herself. I think that must have been very sad. Yeah, and, it must you know, have been. She was a very unhealthy woman, of course, through her drinking and smoking habits um, and it caused a lot of difficulty for her. She had several strokes through her life. She had lung issues. Not the happiest of women. No, it sounds like it. And she and Lord Snowden had children. Can you tell us about them? Yeah, interestingly, I was living in London when these two. So they, when these two were sort of on the scene in London, and they were never like their mother and father. Interestingly, so oh, okay. Sarah, Lady Sarah Armstrong Jones, um, their daughter, and um, their son was Viscount Linley. Now, interestingly, their dad was a photographer. Both of these two were artistic. Sarah was an artist, and uh, Viscount Linley, uh, a furniture maker, and he had a, a very prestigious furniture store uh, in central London. A lot of lot of the great and the good would go and buy furniture from him. They have both had incredibly successful marriages, very long-term, very uh, low-key, uh, nurturing marriages. Um, Sarah married a, a fellow artist called Daniel Chateau and um, and Viscount Linley married uh, Serena, now Serena Linley. Um, very low-key. We don't see a lot of photos of either of them. Very artistic, very... Um, uh, very close knit, but what's really interesting is that Sarah and Daniel's children, two boys, Arthur and Sam, are absolute Instagram superstars. So Art Chateau um, is this gorgeous hunk of a twenty, I think twenty one, twenty two year old, and his younger brother Sam is is nineteen, and they are all over Instagram. Um, shirts off, very well muscled. They went to the same school as, as Harry and William Eaton College. Um, so very proper boys, but they clearly uh, love the limelight in the way that their grandmother did as well, <laughs> Margaret. Um, it's very funny. It'll be interesting to watch them. I think these younger royals, I mean, they are, you know, they're having a lot of fun. They have access to this royal life, but they're not such, it's not so far up the hierarchy of the royal family that they are absolutely scrutinised for what they do. And we know within the royal family that the working royals, the, who, the ones whose jobs are attached to, to uh, the monarchy, they aren't allowed social media accounts. But from uh, Beatrice and Eugenie uh, down, those those younger royals, the working royals, the ones that have jobs, they do have um, Instagram accounts with varying numbers of followers. And uh, Art Chateau is, is the one to watch, I think. Very popular by the sounds mm. of it. Um, and in some ways, Princess Margaret was a little like the Duchess of Sussex. Can you tell us how? Obviously not waking up at 11am. <laughs> no, <different>. no, they're <laughs> very different, aren't they? No, Meghan's uh, very much of the um, clean living yoga generation as opposed to Margaret <laughs> who, uh, you know, cigarettes at dawn. Um, I think the interesting thing about um, these two is that they both had 
sort of straddle the celebrity monarchy um, place. We know that Margaret had great friendships with people like Dusty Springfield and Peter Sellers and through her husband she was very enmeshed in the celebrity world and the great and the good. Interestingly, Harry's been brought into that world with Meghan through her role in Suits, um, her friendship with Amal Clooney. Apparently, she didn't really know Amal Clooney very well before moving to London, but Amal was, sort of gave her some guidance on uh, stylists in London, makeup artists, and both very intelligent women, obviously, who work in humanitarian causes. So in some ways, Margaret and um, Meghan, very similar and, you know, sort of uh, – they they made decisions, you know, Meghan is a uh, mixed race, divorcee, marrying into the family. Margaret wanted to marry a divorcee. The only thing I'd say is that it didn't end well for Margaret. I hope it ends better for Meghan. Oh, same. And the relationship with Lord Snowden deteriorated, but it didn't take long for Margaret to find a new love interest, did it? Mm, Another that, bad boy? or? Uh, well, yes, a bit of a playboy. They had... Um, uh, Margaret and Lord Snowden pretty much lived separate lives. Um, they, I mean, they had this, they dabbled in drugs and they, you know, they, look, I really don't know what she actually spent her days doing other than smoking and drinking and, and going on nice <laughs> holidays. For her um, for her wedding, she had been gifted a uh, piece of land in Mustique and she set up a, a house there and she spent a lot of her time there. It was this sort of party palace um, for, the, for her many friends. But as her relationship deteriorated with Lord Snowden, they lived very, very separate lives. I mean, they were having relationships with other people and she was introduced to a baronet's son called Roddy Llewellyn and he was a landscape gardener. He was 17 years her junior. He was a frequent guest to her home in Mystique but they very much tried to keep that relationship under wraps until at one point it was just became impossible and they were photographed together. They had wild parties. There was all sorts of um, people like Mick Jagger and that sort of those sorts of people would attend these amazing parties there. And then finally, years later in 1976, these, as I say, these paparazzi pictures emerged of Margaret and their relationship was out in the open. Obviously, the fact he was so much younger than her was again controversial. Um, that marriage, that's uh, unfortunately that relationship fizzled out as well and he went on to marry someone else so she was very isolated in the later years of her life very unwell lots of things went wrong she burnt her feet badly when she stepped into a uh, bath of scalding water and she as I say she suffered a series of strokes very unhappy lifestyle really oh, and very unhappy life it. and very sort of you know, lonely. A, 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 very lonely. Uh, obviously, she had her her relationship with the Queen, but the Queen's always been very busy. She's, you know, if you if you look at what the Queen has done every day of her life, I mean, just just signing the papers is enough without the multiple uh, public events she has to attend each week. And Princess Margaret died the same year as the Queen's Golden Jubilee, but Margaret wasn't the only loved one the Queen lost that year. Is that right? Yeah, really difficult year for the Queen. Um, what had happened is that. Uh, Margaret died on in February 2002. She was 71. Basically, her life had caught up with her, and she was yeah, so you know, young. V- very un- yeah, very young, very sad for the Queen Mother. And this is what happened: that it, very uh, shortly after, seven weeks later, the Queen Mother, who was then aged 101, she also died. So the Queen lost her mum and her sister, the key sort of anchor points in her life, um, within weeks of each other. Um, very hard, also yeah, for the Queen so Mother, sad. who had lived through the war, um, who had lost her own husband very early, to have then suffered the death of her daughter before her own death. So devastating. Real real sort of period of sadness for the royal family. Obviously, you know, some of the life choices that she made back then in terms of her lifestyle 
clearly contributed to her ill health in later life and you know modern royals perhaps wouldn't be making those choices but she feels like a woman who had a life unrealized um you know she clearly had talents she was a, apparently a, a fabulous raconteur great at making speeches really amusing very socially able connected people um was you know a, a party girl but also had the talents that went with that level of sociability and you know it's just a very sad story of the fact that you know really? She'll forever be dubbed the sort of wild child of the royal, royal family. And, you know, she obviously had a lot more to, to offer than that. But, you know, poor decisions and, and some pretty poor bad luck, unfortunately, for really her. sounds like it. Thanks so much for joining us here today, Ange. And thanks so much, everyone, for listening. For more on the royals, please go to newidea.com.au, our Facebook page, New Idea Royals. And, of course, a quick reminder, please check out our latest royal mini mag in the current issue of New Idea. 